Well, hello there. I'm Karen Sander. You are listening to Aging Fearlessly, a program for the over 50s, those uniquely wonderful baby boomers. My aim is to educate, motivate and inspire you to embrace the exciting journey of life for decades to come. So stay tuned to meet a variety of guests who will share their stories and passions to help us gain insight into the ways to live a happier, healthier life. It's time to turn up the heat today on the Aging Fearlessly program. I have Chief Superintendent Ken Murphy, who is the Acting Director of Training and Education in Fire and Rescue New South Wales. For people that are passionate about something, whether they're an athlete or whatever they're doing, to get to the top and to be an expert or the best in your in your field, you have to go that extra degree. And Ken is someone that I know goes that extra degree to keep the people of New South Wales safe in his efforts to prevent fire and to um, help in rescue. And so Ken, because you're an expert, that's the reason I've got you in today. So welcome. Thank you very much, Karen. Ken, tell me what you do. Okay, I've been a um, firefighter, a professional firefighter for 34 years and prior to that I, as a 16-year-old, wandered off to the local bushfire brigade in those days, which was a volunteer bushfire brigade, and started my um, passion for firefighting there and and actually helping the community. Um, I think I'm very, very blessed. I'm in a job that I can actually make a difference in people's lives on what may be the worst day of their life and um, that's a very, very powerful thing for me and a very, very powerful thing for people that are in the emergency services, that fact that we can, you know, on on the worst day in someone's life we can actually make a really, really difference to to the outcomes of things that go on. Well, I've known you about 12 months now and I know some of the things that you've done and, you know, I learn about and I talk to you when I see you about it and I know how much you love and care about what you actually do. And I, I know, you know, you see and you hear of people that have been through bushfires or lost their house, lost everything, lost their pets. And that's a really tough time in their life. You have to have people like yourself that put themselves on the line to actually make a difference in the world. And that's what I love about what you do. Because this is the Aging Fearlessly program, us unique baby boomers, the over 50s, we're going to talk about the over 50s, 60s, 65 and what they need to do in particular to keep themselves safe. First of all, can you give us some of the statistics for the over 65s? Well, people over 65 are more at risk from fire than any other group in the community and they make up a third of all the fire deaths that occur in New South Wales and occur broadly across Australia. It's a terrible fact, isn't it? It is a very, very terrible fact. And um, they're more at risk because of a number of factors. They're more likely to, uh, to live alone. You know, they've lost their partner. They have more, may have more difficulty installing and maintaining smoke alarms, have older appliances and older wiring in their homes. Traditionally, they'll live in the traditional family home that has been ageing and you know, it's been a breakdown in wiring and the electricity connections and things of that nature. They're more dependent on electrical heaters and things of that nature mm. and, and blankets and there's a whole 
realm of things that go around, you know, the use of heaters and, and how people actually use those in their homes and, and don't use them safely. And they're often a lot slower to, um, to react to a fire or even detect that fire than, than a normal person. And that, that may be due to mobility issues and things of that nature. I, I was just thinking myself about when I was younger, we had the old kerosene heaters. Oh, my gosh. Mm. That must have been a, a really, you know, I was paranoid every time my mother put the kerosene heater on because the smell, and it's actually an open flame and it's a highly flammable product. At least these days we do have electric heaters and gas heaters, but some terrible things can happen with those, can't they? There is, um, and they come with a whole unique set of dangers themselves. Um, electrical heaters, especially, you know, people getting very, very close to those, um, utilising the electrical heaters and radiators to um, to dry their clothes or towels, oh. and the same thing will happen with gas heaters. And believe it or not, there is still some of the old kerosene heaters that are actually out there. You're joking. No, they're still around and some people still use them. That really surprises me. I, I don't even remember being able to buy kerosene these days easily. So yeah. yeah, it's it's a it's a rarity, but they are still out there, and it's something you know as as a fire service that we are aware that they're out there, and you know we take certain steps to try and mitigate those. And when we're doing home fire safety audits, especially for the elderly, if we find appliances of that nature, then our advice to the to the the homeowner is that you know I think it's time that to move on from that and look at alternate sources and you know the reality is things such as air conditioners now are more efficient in regards to heating than you know those old traditional models still have issues with open fires oh open fires I'm going to raise something in a minute and it was well I'm going to raise it now because we're talking about it I think last year I remember hearing how someone took one of those coal burners from outside and brought it into the house yeah, last year we had a number of fatalities um, broadly across the state from people that were bringing um, barbecue briquettes mm. into their home as an, as an alternate source of, of heating. problem with that is that over a very, very short period of time that will develop carbon monoxide gas yep. and it's a very, very silent killer. You fall asleep and you actually don't wake up. And that's the thing, you know, and, and possibly that's partly to do with our energy issues because sometimes people don't have the money to pay the electrical bills, so they'll resort to other means yeah. just to heat their homes. Yeah, people will look at alternate measures. A lot of it could be also, you know, they think, well, you know, if we're using those in a barbecue, they're safe. The fact that once you bring them inside into an enclosed environment, they're no longer safe and they'll, they will develop, you know, carbon monoxide and other gases that are associated with fire. And, yeah, at, at the end of that, the day there, that normally ends in, in, in a tragedy because there's no visible sign for the firefighters or neighbours or anyone around to actually detect that there is a fire in there until the, the smoke alarm goes off. And in some cases, that may be too late. It's a very, very sad sort of ending for people and for their neighbours and for their families. Ken, today you chose some songs for me. I, I want to ask you a little bit about Shine Your Light by Robbie Robertson. So Shine Your Light is from Ladder 49, which was a movie that was made around the firefighters. And it is probably the best illustration of what firefighters do in the community but more importantly it shows the community an insight into the culture of, of a fire service 
it's an American movie. I understand that. A little bit different to how some of the fire services operate here in Australia. But it's actually a very, very good illustration of, um, of what firefighters do. Very emotional song for firefighters because this was the end of the movie where the actual firefighter involved had been killed at an incident and this is what was played at his funeral. This particular song, uh, I was watching the YouTube clip last night when I was putting the program together today and, oh, it's just so awesome. Yeah, it's very emotional. Um, if you, you watch the video clip with that, it's very hard not to have a tear in your eye when you, um, you see that end part and you see the firefighter's wife there. And, and John Tra Travolta is actually one of the lead roles in there and he has grown up with this firefighter from the day that he actually entered the fire service. John was promoted through the ranks and was the officer in charge of the fire where this firefighter was killed. And, and the role that he plays is very, very typical of the role that a lot of senior and executive officers in fire services play. It's, it's a job that we look at as a career. Mm. The moment you walk in that door, whether or not you're 18, 35, 45, um, it's, it's longevity for us. Mm. We have a very, very high retention rate. Very few people actually leave the fire services and, and it becomes a real family. Yep. We have real connections between ourselves and um, it's a real family atmosphere. Everybody looks after everybody. And not being sexist, but the, the word mateship is very, very paramount in fire services and well, would you like to introduce this or would you like me to? No, I'll allow you to introduce it. Okay. The song is Shine Your Light by Robbie Robertson. Welcome back. You're listening to 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. To find out more, go to the website rnb.org.au. I have with me today Ken Murphy, who's Chief Superintendent of Fire and Rescue New South Wales, and we're talking about fire, and our theme is Turn Up the Heat. Ken, before we left, we were talking, you know, for that song, we were actually talking about some of the reasons for fire in the home, and I want to talk about electric blankets. We've been talking about kerosene heaters, electric heaters, drying clothes in front of the heater, and how bad that can be, and causing fires, and um, the risks for the over 65, but... Electric blankets, we love them in winter, some of us, because who wants to get into a cold bed? Yeah, electric blankets come with their own little dangers. And, and one of the things there is that, you know, like all electrical appliances, you know, over a period of time they will age. So one of the things that we need to be very, very wary of is that, you know, you have a look at the condition of the electric blanket, you have a look at the condition of the, the plugs and everything to do with that. One of the things that you need to avoid is folding them up because that can actually damage the wiring there. Don't leave them on for extended periods. Certainly don't, and we've had a number of issues over the years of people having them on sofa beds where they've been folded up for considerable periods of time and that damages the wiring to that. And in some cases, you know, people will actually fold those beds up and leave the electric blanket on. So one of those things that you need to be very, very wary of. Um, you know, they do cause a lot of fires. And they're one of those things that they need to be regularly checked or just go along and buy a new one. And sometimes yeah. probably the hot water bottle, just because it's really taking the edge off it at the beginning of the night, isn't it? Just getting into a cold bed's the, probably the hardest part. But mm. 
Yeah, it's one of those things where you don't want to have the electric blanket on, you know, full ball all night and just, you know, make sure that you regulate your use of that and, um, yeah, regularly check before winter, you know, make sure that you, you know, look at your, your electric blanket. And we spoke earlier about heaters and one of our key catchphrases is a metre from the heater. A metre from the heater? Is one of our key catchphrases that we use every year in our winter fire safety campaign. So if you are trying to dry things or whatever... Make sure that you do keep everything at least a metre from the heater. That's a great catchphrase. Is there anything else, you know, that's blaringly not so obvious that we need to know about? Well, one of the things is, you know, due to a lot of people now living in units and things like that, one of our big issues is fires in closed dryers. And one of the things that we ask people there to do is make sure that your lint filter is clean and you should actually remove the lint filter after every use of your dryer. Ensure that once again the dryer is in in good condition because it is amazing the number of fires that are started by dryers because people do not know where the lint filter is. And you've probably seen it yourself, put things such as towels in there and it doesn't take much for that lint to, um, to build right up. And over a period of time, that will just get to a point where it will actually ignite. The rule in my house is to dry everything in the sunshine unless it's pouring rain or you absolutely have to wear it in the next hour. But I do clean my lint filter very, very regularly. And the only other thing that we do this year, and we've had a number of people that have suffered serious burns, is to um, don't use a wheat bag to warm your bed as they can spontaneously ignite. Really? They can, yes, over a, over a time, you know, and they're heated up in a microwave, and we all know how microwaves work, that they heat from the inside out. Don't um, overheat the wheat bag by placing it in a microwave longer than is specified by the manufacturer. But I think reality is if you've um, got the old hot water bottle that Granny used to have, it's probably the best thing around. I am absolutely gobsmacked that wheat bags self combust oh they do oh and we've had numerous fires that that have been as a result of of wheat bags you know spontaneously combusting can you detect that in a house if you go to a fire do you get an idea if you're doing an investigation yeah we do so most major homes that um you know have been involved in a serious fire the firefighters will conduct an investigation and, and normally that's done in cooperation with the police force, especially if there's been a fatality involved. The fire services broadly across Australia will talk to each other around what would be the major causes of those fires and that way that allows us to initiate community campaigns to, um, you know, identify the problems and educate the community. In the break, you and I were talking about barbecues. Give us some insight into barbecues. Yeah, well, we're getting now towards um, summer and the backyard barmy barbie is a very common cause of a fire. A barmy barbie. Barmy barbie, <laughs> yes. Very common cause of fire during summer. Um, so no matter if you're planning to cook it in your backyard or at a picnic ground or anything like that, you need to um, firstly check if there's any fire bans in place, mm-hmm. um, especially in our national parks and things like that. And, you know, the indications are that this year we'll be facing a very, very severe fire season across the eastern seaboard here in mm. Australia and conditions at the moment, you know, it hasn't rained for for nearly a month and at the moment, you know, things aren't looking very, very good in that regard. Adhere to the rules and, and most importantly, never leave <coughs> fires unattended. 
simple precautions and a little bit of planning will help avoid, you know, a fire that involves a barbecue. And some simple pointers are keep the barbecues clean and ensure that all your gas hoses and connections are correctly fitted. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know how to connect it, then get somebody that you've actually purchased that from to um, to do your connections or a licensed plumber. Um, check the use-by date on your gas bottle so that, you know, it's not out of date and it's current. Um, after using your barbecue, remove all the excess fat and so that doesn't become a fire hazard. And Gosh, um, I'm learning so much. Yep. Check your cylinder hoses and for leaks or whatever by brushing or spraying it with soapy water and you just put that in a little spray bottle and if you spray that onto those connections, it will bubble up if you do have a leak. And um, make sure that somewhere near that barbecue you have a continuous supply of water. I Look, honestly, I, I use my barbecue on my balcony all the time. I don't cook my meat in the house anymore and I'm a, I'm a real meat eater. And uh, I do clean my barbie every time, just more for health reasons. But um, I, you know, I'm I'm always thinking about the barbie. I actually keep it covered because it's in a sunny area. So I sort of worry about the gas outside and the gas bottle. But I, I do the swap and go thing. Mm-hmm. So I think they keep a fairly good idea, don't they, on yeah, the, the condition of the bottles? Yeah, the manufacturers of those will keep a very, very good. And they have to be tested over a period of time to um to make sure that, you know, they're up to the standard. And the other thing we, we really push with people is that don't take your LPG cylinders inside or your cooking inside and, and actually cook inside. Um, mm. Once again, that's, you know, builds up carbon monoxide gas and things of that nature, but also very, very dangerous practice. Smoke alarms. Smoke alarms. So we recommend, and, and I'll start on something a little bit different there, the seniors are um, very much the grey nomads of the um, of the world and, and do a lot of travelling. And mm-hmm. the reality is, you know, how many of those seniors that are travelling on the road have smoke alarms in their um, their caravan, on their boats, things of that nature? So you know, aren't they compulsory? They are, but you know, everyone needs to ensure that they have a working smoke alarm. Once again, the same factors around what you would consider in your home. You need to consider in your mobile home, your boat, things of that nature. So fire safety doesn't stop at home. It goes to everywhere that you go. So we recommend that all homes have smoke alarms installed. They're working smoke alarms. They're regularly checked. The batteries are checked um, on a 12-month campaign. We normally... Every time we look at daylight saving, you know, change your clock, change your battery is once again one of Fire and Rescue New South Wales and fire services across Australia's catchphrases that you, know, you change your clock, will then go and change the, the battery in your smoke alarm. <clears throat> I know that um, our, the rules here in, in New South Wales um, are very strict these days and in the unit block that I live in, we had to install a big pumping system because some of the fire hoses don't reach above the third floor. It cost our building a fortune to upgrade in uh, in fire safety. And I do know that we have regular checks that they come around and check the alarms and they check our doors. And so I feel very safe in my home um, because of those things are being checked. But there's a few things that you've raised today that I think I need to pick up my game on before we go to our next song, I wanted to mention cooking, um, gas stoves, people cooking 
walking away while they're cooking. What can you tell me about that? So Fire and Rescue New South Wales, you know, recommend that you never leave cooking unattended. And um, almost half the house fires involving over 65 people in that age group start in the kitchen. If you leave the kitchen, turn the stove off, quite simple, um, to avoid kitchen fires. And, you know, we urge people to keep looking when you're cooking. And um, you'll probably remember from the chat that I did with Bold and Beautiful that um, part of our campaign there was something quite simple as a wooden spoon that had had written on there, keep looking while you're cooking. And, and that makes people think about what they're doing and their behaviours, especially when in, you know, involved in you know, just cooking and don't walk away. Don't get distracted by your mobile phone or something else that's on the mm. television. And if you do leave the room, then quite simply reach over and turn the gas off. I think that's a great idea and I'm guilty of leaving the kitchen. But I always boil two eggs in the morning and sometimes I'm in a rush to go out the door. So when I put my eggs on, I put my car keys next to the stove because I... <laughs> Sorry, it's just... It's probably... It's not... Not a good thing to do and Ken's looking at me right now going, oh, Karen, we're going to change your behaviours. But that's what I do so that I don't walk out and leave the stove on forgetting. But please don't take that tip from me because it doesn't work. Ken's just slapped me on the wrist. Absolutely, Ken. Absolutely don't. No, don't ever walk away from, from what you're cooking. And um, especially with things you know, like if you've got oil on the stove, that will rapidly turn into a disaster. Mm. And there's a number of things that we recommend in regards to that. So make sure that you've got an extinguisher in your um, in your home and a fire blanket. And you'll be surprised at, you know, what you can actually do with a fire blanket, how quickly you can um, extinguish a fire. What we do ask you and never, ever do this is to, if you do have a fire involving oil, put water on it. Mm. It will, yeah, the, it will Love be it. catastrophic, the results of that. And, and you will get burnt. Mm. It's quite simple things such as, you know, if it's a fry pan, then make sure that when you are cooking that you actually have the lid nearby. And if mm. you can place the lid on that fry pan, what you'll actually do is extinguish that fire because you'll starve it of oxygen and it will rapidly extinguish it. And leave it on there to cool. Don't walk outside with that because the chances are of you tripping or falling, then you're going to have hot oil all over yourself and a lot of people have been burnt as a result of that. I can see why you're the expert in all of this. Um, Ken, fire blankets, just before we go to the song, where do people buy fire blankets? So all hardware stores have um, fire blankets and they're all up to uh, an Australian standard. So if you just walk along to your, you know, any hardware store, have a chat to the staff there, they'll put you in the right direction of where the fire blankets are. But I would recommend that everyone has it. It's displayed in a prominent place in your kitchen, which is where they should be used. And the same thing with a fire extinguisher. And um, units, like I have a fire extinguisher right outside my front door. So is that good enough? No, I'd have one in your kitchen. Okay, just a little one? Mm, because the thing is you would actually leave your, um, your unit to go and grab that fire extinguisher, by the time you've come back, that fire could have escalated to a, to a point that um, it, it would be uncontrollable. And we recommend once you leave your unit, do not go back. Okay, very important tips. Call to courage. Once again, this is from, from Ladder 49 and actually displays the culture of um, fire services broadly across the world and you know, what they actually do and, and the uniqueness of, of firefighters and other emergency service workers in helping their community. 
Well, let's listen to this song because it's another one I really love. Welcome back. You're listening to Aging Fearlessly with Karen on 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. I'm with Ken Murphy today, Chief Superintendent of New South Wales Fire and Rescue, and we have a very important message for seniors today, re-fire, but this message also extends to the whole population. Not one of us is exempt from this. We all need to stand up and take note. And Ken, today, my next question for you is, what should seniors do in the event of a fire? Well, Karen, you're quite right. It, it doesn't only involve seniors. This involves, you know, the everybody in the community and, and the steps that I'm going to outlay here are, are for everybody and it's a very, very simple plan that, that people can adopt and it will ensure them, you know, a level of safety. So develop a home escape plan and make sure that it's practised regularly. You know, what about when you're in a hotel and you go somewhere like, instance, I stayed in an Airbnb in Greece two weeks ago and I went to sleep and I was a bit, hmm... I know where the stairs are, etc., but I didn't even check. But I was laying in bed going, do they have fire alarms? Do they have normal safety features that I'm used to? So yeah. if you're away from home? When you're away from home, um, it's funny because most firefighters will, as soon as they walk into a hotel or a, or a motel that they're staying in, look for the, the exits and, and determine where they are. And, um, and make sure that you do know that the, where the exits are and when you're in your hotel room, you know, make sure that you, you read the fire safety diagram that is on the back of the door mm-hmm. and also that will define where the meeting points are. And, and what we do ask is that if you're staying in a hotel and the fire alarm goes off and they ask you to evacuate, then, then do evacuate. Yep. A lot of people will ignore them thinking, oh, it's just a fire alarm. It, it actually means nothing. But we ask... You know, we do say evacuate. The, the fire alarm has gone off normally for, for a reason. reason. Yep. And we, you know, we, we say to people, make sure that, you know, you do get out and don't hang around and pack your suitcase. Just yep. as soon as the fire alarm activates, then out, off you go and there'll be a defined meeting point there. And, and in most major hotels, there'll be wardens and things like that to uh, to direct you where to go. And if your passport's not on the bed table beside you, leave it there. Leave it there. Nine times out of ten now, it'll be in the safe in, in the room. And, um, you know, most of those safes have um, fire ratings on them. So it'll be very, very safe. So, Ken, back to your plan. So once again, you develop a home escape plan and make sure that you actually practice it regularly. And if you go on to um, the Fire Rescue New South Wales website, there is um, you can download a home escape plan from there. And it's a very, very simple diagram of how you get out. And, um, you know, if you have grandchildren, get them over and, and you can actually make it a lot of fun to, um, to practice your home escape plan. And um, a lot of our education programs, we actually target children. And it's interesting when the kids go home and say to mum and dad, or to their grandparents, um, we don't have a home escape plan here, so we need to actually do this. And, and they're the motivation for people actually doing that. So Fantastic. Plan a, a, an escape route and ensure that everyone knows how to get out. And this is particularly important for the elderly or those with reduced mobility because um, this will greatly increase their chances of survivability in a home-related fire. Mm-hmm. Next. When at home, leave keys in or near deadlocks. Oh, yes. 
this was a big argument for me many years ago, yes. And the reason behind that is so that you can escape very quickly in an emergency. If you think, um, and if you'll, you'll know yourself, you'll have a heightened sense of anxiety when you do have a fire, and that will increase as, you know, you're, you're in an environment that is very, very foreign to you. It'll be hot, there's smoke and everything like that your chances of, of finding those keys are very, very limited. So if they're in the deadlock or they've located very closely to the deadlock and you know where they are, get the keys and out you go. I have um, bars on windows. That's another thing that, you know, you see a lot of places with bars on windows, no chance of getting out. No chance of getting out. And once again, that's why you need a home escape plan. Mm. And, you know, if it's your plan is around the front door, then always have an alternate exit and make sure that you practice going out that alternate exit as well. Okay, great. Great info. Mm. And the other thing we do is decide on a meeting point outside, something mm. as simple as your, um, your letterbox, mm-hmm. and make sure that everyone's there and do a simple roll call. And then the firefighters that are responding there will know that that's the spot that they're going to see you. You can tell them where the fire is located, Um, and whether or not, and this is the most important thing, there is actually anybody left inside. Well, they're fantastic points. Is there anything else in particular? There is, um, and if a fire starts, don't try and fight it yourself. Mm -hmm. Get out, stay out. Call triple zero and um, allow the firefighters from fire and rescue or from other emergency services to actually do their job. We're trained for this. So let us do our job. There must be a huge temptation for people to try and put it out, yeah? There's a huge temptation for people to um, to put it out. There's also a huge temptation for people to go back in and try and get some of their possessions. And that can be something as simple as a wallet, um, a piece of jewellery that has you know significant value to them. They have an emotional attachment to that. But unfortunately, a lot of people die that have exited from a fire and then gone back in to, re- to retrieve some you possessions. Told, you told me recently about that and um, that this happened, you know, not far from where we are at the moment, in just a few months ago. And it's, it's a very sad thing because someone lost their life just by going in to retrieve something that was important to them. Um, and nothing is that important as your life. No, nothing is. And, um, and it actually then, you know, makes the job of the firefighters that, that have turned up there to put out that fire a lot harder. They'll be in there trying to search and, um, and find that person that's gone back to retrieve something. And, and that's also an emotional, um, you know, it, it hurts them emotionally, doesn't it? It, it affects them emotionally. It does. And, um, you know, we're not sh- sh- superhumans firefighters. You know, we, we're just normal people that are, um, you know, doing something a little bit different to what the normal members of the community do. But, we, you know, we, we do have... Um, a lot of programs around the mental health of our firefighters and, and other emergency service workers to deal with some of the, the trauma that you see. And the three I think of there are ambulance, police and fire, and you all work very closely together. And, uh, yeah, it's a tough job, especially yeah, it when it comes to finding someone that's been that's deceased. Mm, it is, and, um, you know, it's probably... One of the things that all emergency services now are working collaboratively together to address some of those issues that, that come out of you know what our firefighters and other emergency service workers are exposed to during their careers. Um, we talk about having a plan to get out, uh, an exit plan. What about your pets that are with you, that are in the home? 
So they, they need to form an integral part of, of your plan as well. So, you know, when you're doing your, your evacuation training there and, and you're practising your plan, make sure that, you know, you do take your pets with you because that's another factor that people will actually go back inside to try and rescue their pets. With elderly people, there's a lot more of emotional attachment to those pets, especially if they're living alone. We had... Um we had to evacuate our place oh, about four years ago now and one of the women in our house had just had open heart surgery and we managed to get her downstairs. She was on the second floor and she was crying outside because her bird was in the apartment and she wanted us to go back and get the bird. Now, this was just an electrical fault that in one of the electrical boxes and, you know, it just we all got outside. We could smell the smell, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that, smell that, the smoke. That that burning electrical smell that was, you know, obviously a, a situation that needed to be addressed, and it actually prompted us to change all all the electrical systems in our in our our building, which is a, a real plus. But yeah, she was really panicking about the bird, and she was unwell, and we had to sit her down outside, and and you know to um, to soothe her, and or what am I trying to 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 make her calm was a really difficult thing and she was unwell. So mm. you can see how they get, you know, she, she was in her 80s and you can see how emotional they get in this situation. Yeah, well, a lot of them have emotional attachments to their animals and, and, you know, some of the things that they'll actually have in their home and, and there's that temptation to go back in. But, you know, that's one of our things that do not go back under any circumstances. The firefighters will be there they'll extinguish the fire and, and nine times out of ten that thing that you were going to go back for will be relatively safe. And, you know, we have insurance for a reason, don't we? We do, exactly. So, you know, it's very, very hard to replace a life. You can't replace that. But some of the possessions that we have in our homes um, can be quite easily replaced. And these days, you know, you talk about people used to go back for photos or fill their cars up with photos and whatever you know, they're all in the cloud these days. If you're smart enough, you just keep them in the cloud. You're not going to lose those things. No, you're not. But it's, it's interesting that you mentioned photos and, and things of that nature. So especially going into the bushfire season, you know, that's another recommendation that, that both the New South Wales Fire and Rescue Service and, and the Rural Fire Service have is to have a plan, especially if you live in a bushland area. And part of that plan is to um, put, you know, all your important documents in a box and make sure that you know where that box is and if the call comes that you need to evacuate, take that box with you and that then removes that temptation to, um, to go back. More importantly, you can evacuate immediately and you're not scratching around the home looking for all these important documents, oh, I need to take this, I need to take that, because the reality is by the time you find all that, it, it may be too late to evacuate. And I think if you are a senior and you're not computer literate, and if you do have important documents, you get the younger people, your families, to actually make sure that they're copied and in discs or whatever and at their house perhaps, at someone else's house as well so that you've got more than one copy yeah. and that you're not really concerned. That It would be something that I would do. But, you know, as, as you know, a lot of us have things in the cloud as we become more technical, technological not phobics, <laughs> whatever we become. Uh, last night, Ken, you would have thought that I was having a technical nightmare. I want to go to another song now. 17th. Fighting 17th by Hans Zimmer, and it's from the movie Backdraft. What does this mean to you? It actually typifies what 
firefighters do. It's um, it's the main theme from the movie, and um, the seventeenth was the station that was involved in Backdraft. Very very old movie, but once again identifies clearly with fire and rescue services broadly across the world and and what we do. And um, and yeah, it's a very good illustration musically of you know how they get involved. Has a little bit of drama as well in it, so it's a very very interesting theme. Welcome back to 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. You are listening to Aging Fearlessly with Karen. Please go to Facebook and like the page Aging Fearlessly. Well, welcome back. Ken Murphy is with me from New South Wales Fire and Rescue. He's a superintendent. And he certainly has been sharing some fantastic insights into keeping us safe, especially coming into summer, but in our home and having some plans. The next thing I want to talk to Ken about is campaigns. Um, And yeah, you've got a lot to tell us about the campaigns for New South Wales Fire and Rescue. Yeah, Fire and Rescue New South Wales and the other emergency services across New South Wales, the Rural Fire Service, undertake a number of campaigns through the year. And um, these are all around home fire safety and, and safety in you know your mobile home, on your boats and everything. So we'll target different areas. Coming into summer, we'll, uh, we'll be targeting things related to bushfires and what people in the community need to do and be aware of with bushfires. And as we said before... We're going into what we you know will probably be a very very severe bushfire season this year. So, simple things as such as you know, especially for the elderly that live in the bushes, keeping your um, your gutters clean and things like that. So, but in relation to smoke alarms, we have a program called Sabre, and the Sabre program is around this replacement of the batteries in smoke alarms for people that are disabled or elderly. And mm. um, it's quite simple. You contact your local fire station. Firefighters will come around and they'll actually change that battery in the smoke alarm. If the smoke alarm is old or it's not working correctly, they'll replace that smoke alarm for you. Also have another campaign that assists those that are that are deaf as well with replacing smoke alarms into their homes that um, operate a little bit different to a normal smoke alarm. And I've never thought about that. Yeah, it's one of the big things that we have. So there's actually a, a pad that will go under their pillow and um, if the smoke alarm operates of a night time, then that pad will vibrate and it'll it'll alert them to um, because they can't hear a norm, normal smoke alarm. Some of those have strobe lights as well attached to them as well to uh, once again alert people that are, are hearing impaired that, you know, they do have a fire and it's time to get out. There's nothing you guys <coughs> haven't thought about. Oh, no, there's always, you know, things that, you know, we're always trying to improve on. So we have those campaigns. The Keep Looking While You're Cooking campaign, we, we have that. Rural Fire Service has a number of campaigns where they're more than happy to help the elderly people that um, that live in bushland areas around clearing their homes and other mitigation works that can be undertaken there. Fire and Rescue will conduct a, a home audit, fire safety audit on your home, and they'll wander around your home and they'll have a look at things, and that's where, you know... Things such as old heaters that, you know, you shouldn't have in your home that, you know, we'll recommend it. It's time to uh, put that out for the council clean-up and go and buy yourself a more suitable appliance that has all the safety built into it. So quite simply, you know, you can either go to Fire and Rescue New South Wales website or visit your local fire station, knock on the door, 
the firefighters will be more than happy to um, to assist you with information and if you need some help, they'll be more than happy to go around and give you a hand. So that's something that the, um, you know, me with my mum, you mm-hmm. know, that I could call fire and rescue and say, can you go and check out my mum's home? Yeah, and they'll more than happily go around and um, come up with some recommendations about how you, know, you can improve their safety. The other thing is, if you think about it, they actually, the firefighters will learn about the demographics of their local community by visiting those places. Mm. If they have a call to fire at that, that location, they do know that, you know, there's an elderly resident in there and they actually then adopt their firefighting tactics based around, you know, the fact that they know there's an elderly resident there. If that, that person hasn't escaped from there, then, you know, then they there's a reasonable assumption that they may be inside. So it's all about us learning about the communities that we serve. Now, we mentioned the deaf. Um, for people who are visually impaired and getting out of houses, what's the... Is, have you got any tips for them? It's the same thing. It's, you know, practice, practice, practice. So make sure that, you know, you do know your home escape plan, how to get out um, and, you know, make sure that you do practice that. If you're the, you know, the neighbour of someone that's visually impaired, then, you know, you, you form an integral part of that, that escape plan. Mm. You know, you, you'll be the one that will hear the smoke alarm going off and, and make sure that, you know, that, you know, those people can get out of their home. Um, I do know someone very close to me, related to me, who has no sense of smell. Yeah, yeah, the sense of smell is probably not one that we deal with immediately because smoke alarms, you know, are audible devices that go off. In the case of those that that do have the strobe lights fitted, you know, they're, they're visual as well, so... They, they themselves may not smell the smoke, but they'll hear their smoke alarm. Yeah, it's interesting because sometimes she'll say things about cooking and, oh, I didn't smell that that was burning. Mm. And, um, yeah, it's just the things you don't think about if, if you're if you're working properly. <laughs> and, and the simple message for her is keep looking while you're cooking. Yeah, absolutely. She's, if she's looking, then you know, visually she's going to see the smoke if she is burning something. Uh, Ken, I have one more song that we're going to play. It's called Humble and Kind by Tim McGraw. What is that? I think it really, I think that really um, typifies what the broader emergency service community is all about. Um, Very, very humble people that that normally put their hand up to be involved in an emergency service. And this is going for police, firefighters, ambulance officers, nurses, everyone like that. We're not there for the accolades, but we're actually there for the communities that we're in and the fact that we can actually make a real difference in someone's life. I'm going to really um, look forward to hearing this song. Welcome back to 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. You are listening to Aging Fearlessly with Karen. Please go to Facebook and like the page Aging Fearlessly. I do not know where time goes because our little chat with Ken is just about over. But I have one more question for him before we go and I want to thank him for speaking to us today. Ken, every fire tells a story. What do these stories or what does a fire um, tell you? How do you, what do you learn? 
Oh, we learn a lot from from every fire that we go to, and um, and most of the fires that we go to are investigated, and we'll learn about um, simple things such as um, you know household appliances, and you'll probably remember the the recent articles that have been involving you know washing machines and things like that Mm -hmm. and hence why fire services across Australia will talk to each other around you know what are the causes of those fires Um, you know we spoke earlier around you know lint filters in dryers and that was a result of you know investigative work by firefighters into what was the cause of that fire in in that laundry and, and things of that nature so yeah every fire tells a story and um and we look at that and that may also involve you know criminal activity so we will look at those sort of fires as well you know one of the things in society is that you know arson is a problem Mm -hmm. and um and it's one of the things that we work collaboratively with the new south wales police um and the rural fire service to identify arson related fires and and try and educate the community behind that and arson related fires you know and i'm not going to mention the incident but there was one two or three years ago where two people lost their lives and just because someone decided to set their business on fire um, and that's a tragic event because two completely innocent people passed away and uh, look I just think that you fire is and all those emergency services are amazing I have friends in Vancouver that have been to 911 to the hurricanes in you know, in America and done a lot of work there. And I know you learn a lot from all the things that you're doing and that you just offer such an amazing service that probably at times we don't thank you enough, but believe it, I, I know that we do appreciate um, the work that you do. And I know kids see your fire trucks out there and they want to become firemen or fire people, whatever. You know, I know it's a very mixed um, mixed community now with both males and females being part of the service. So, Ken, thanks. No problems. And, and you, you sort of nailed it there when you said about, you know, it's a very, very mixed community now in emergency services and, and we embrace diversity because the reality is for us we need to reflect the communities that we're representing. And, um, and one of those things is, you know, Fire and Rescue New South Wales now have a 50-50 campaign for our permanent firefighters, so 50% of the permanent firefighters that we employ every year are females. And reality is, for for all the emergency services, females form the background of, um, of especially in regional areas of um, of our firefighters, and they do a fantastic job. And it's you know not male dominated anymore, which for me is a fantastic thing. I walked into the the job 34 years ago, and it was dominated by males. There was no females. And I think what's happening now with all the emergency services is fantastic. Well, thanks for coming along. And our good friend Nick has a little song for us. I'm going to play that right now. And thanks for listening, everyone. And please take note of this interview. If anything, check out what Ken has said and apply the rules to yourself because we all want to be safe. So this is it for today's program. It's time to say cheerio to the wonderful Northern Beaches community. Join me next week for another episode of Aging Fearlessly. And now for a song written by Nick Howard, especially for the listeners. This is Karen Sander. Have a fantastic week. And remember, ageing is inevitable and growing old is a choice. 
The sun is shining bright outside. There's a sparkle in your eye. It's not all nine to five. It's a wonderful life. Let's go and climb mountains high. Swim across oceans wide. This treasure that you've got to find, baby. Don't be shy. Let's go and take that ride. Taste the sweet and the spice, everything nice. Let your heart be alive, baby. Just let your heart come alive, honey. Let your heart be alive. 